You're listening to the Teach Better Talk podcast featuring expert educators eager to share progressive tactics to reach more students. Teach Better Talk is created by teachers and fueled by passion. Let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 30 of Teach Better Talk. I am Ray Hewart, and as always, I'm with the pretty darn cool Jeff Gargan. I've, I've upgraded a little bit this week to pretty darn cool. I pretty like darn it. That's cool. good. Well, Jeff, I know you know, but we have so much in store for this episode. I mean, we're talking to one of my favorite educators, and we have so much to talk through. But before we get to any of that fun, Jeff, how is your day going? Ray, my day is going awesome. I'm super excited. Episode 30, like that's a really cool one for us. And I say it every single episode, I think now, which is can't believe we're on episode 30 like it's really cool really excited super excited for our guest tonight we have adam welcome and uh not only is adam just a good friend of ours that we're really excited to have on but he's got a ton of experience in a lot of different areas so he's been an elementary uh teacher he's been a principal he's been a director of innovation and he's currently the director of educational partnerships for classroom champions which if you don't know classroom champions it's a really really cool organization um and we'll let maybe we'll let adam talk a little bit more about it um he's also a co-author and founder of a, a little book you may have heard of called kids deserve it and his new book um is one of my favorites of all time and i'm not just saying that because he's on the podcast um called run like a pirate um adam speaks all over the country uh he does keynotes he does workshops at school districts and at conferences all over the place um he's got uh he he will always tell you though that that his proudest thing is that he's got two wonderful kids and an amazing wife at home as well um adam it's so awesome to have you on it's amazing that we've been able to find a day that you're not like in an airplane right now flying all over the country so first and foremost (laughs) man we really appreciate you coming on chatting with us hanging out with us having fun with us how are you feeling right now Man, I'm rocking and rolling, you know, got the day off today and uh, it's kind of smoky in California and we got some crazy wildfires going on right now, but um, just coming off a big, uh, big travel week and, uh, you know, talking about traveling, I added up, I think I'm going to have like 98 flights this year in 2018. Wow. So it's a lot of airport time and, uh, and flight time. <laughs> but you know what the coolest thing about that is? I get to meet so many awesome people mm. and lucky enough, I got to meet you two um, in Indiana earlier this year. And, um, you know, that doesn't always happen with people that you know and that you connect with in the education space, but just being able to hop around and meet people face to face, that is the true I think the really true awesome part of like what I get to do is just meeting people face to face and just building deeper relationships with people, which really just really just goes across so many different things in our life. So um, yeah, man, feeling awesome. And uh, thanks for having me on tonight. No, we're so happy to have you. And hey, I think a day off is well deserved. I have to tell you, <laughs> being able to follow all your adventures, you are, you've earned the day off. Well, I actually ran 10 miles this morning, so I didn't really have the day off, but like day off, quote unquote, you know? You had an airplane day off. I think that counts. True. That's fair. Fair. Well, Adam, I know that Jeff gave you a pretty great introduction, but I want to hear more about you and how you describe yourself. When someone comes up to you, doesn't know all the things you've been able to accomplish in your life so far and says, hey, Adam, what do you do? What's your typical response for them? So a lot of times I just say, you know what, I am just a guy from California because, you know, thank you for the introduction, both of you. And um, I've had the opportunity to do quite a bit in the last, you know, 15, 20 years of my professional career. But at the end of the day, I, I really am just a guy from California. And I like to say that because 
people can kind of sometimes get starstruck and you know, I can't stand the, the word like edu famous and I'm not putting myself in that category, but other people do. And I think it's a good reminder that whatever you want to do, you can do, you can do whatever you want, no matter what it is, if it's personal or professional. And uh, just to help remind people that like everybody is just a person and everybody is just kind of striving towards something. Um, and yes, I am a father and a husband and, uh, a runner and a speaker and an educator, and I also really I like to call myself a truth a truth teller. Which I just, if you want an honest opinion, like call Adam Welcome because I'm not going to sugarcoat anything for you. Um, if I feel that you need to start working harder, I'm going to tell you, hey Jeff Ray, like you got to crank it up a little bit. And if you want an honest opinion, um, I'm just someone that will give that to you. And I think I have found that's rare uh, with people that I know and. Um, you know, life's too short just to beat around the bush. And especially when it comes to kids, you know, in my work as a principal, um, such important work. And, you know, it's not about the adults and you got to get to the point really fast to make the point so you can make uh, our classrooms and our schools even that much more better uh, for our students, because it's not about us. It's, it's about the kids and doing what's best for them. I love it. You know, Adam, you, you touched on, I want to touch on the fact that you said that you're just a guy and, and obviously you've done a lot of things and we'll put you up on a pedestal all day because we love you. But, uh, you know, for those of you listening who may be starstruck by, by Adam, when he says that he means it, he's just a guy that you can walk up to and, and talk to and just kind of hang out with and have fun with. Um, so he's not lying when he says that. And Adam, that's, that's something that I, I agree is rare, but it's absolutely awesome that you're, you're able to be approached, talk to and give honest feedback without, uh, Without coming across, you know, mean or brash, and then just getting someone excited to to grow and and, and do better. So, I appreciate you and, and that quality in you. Um, so I'm gonna have you get real, stay real with us here, and uh, let, I want to talk about something that we've talked about before. You talked about in your book, um, and stuff, and that's a failure. So I was wondering if you can kind of take us to a time in your life where you've had a failure, kind of take us there with you. What happened? How did it make you feel? How did you overcome that? And then what did you learn from the experience? Yeah, I love this question. You know, I ask my two children, I have a seven and a five-year-old. I ask them every day, what did you fail at today? And at first, they didn't really get the question, like, what are you talking about, <laughs> Dad? And then it really kind of came to, like, what did you try that was hard? Did you draw a line in the sand and try to cross it? And then maybe you couldn't cross it. Well, I'll, I'll pull a personal moment, a personal story. Last year, I, I, ran, I ran a bunch of marathons. I wanted to, I wanted to push myself to a place that I had never been before. And I decided to run one marathon a month for the entire year of 2017. And in March, I was running a marathon, Los Angeles marathon. And man, it was, it was bad. It was really bad. At, at mile 13, I, I felt like I was going to throw up. I was walking. I did not want to continue. And, um, it was hard because I had been training and I'd been eating right and I'd already run two marathons that, that year in January and February and uh, it was just a struggle. And I, I remember running through downtown Los Angeles with my head down and just really questioning what I was doing with this big goal that I had set out to do. And that's a really vulnerable place to be when you're at mile 20 or 24 and you're walking or barely shuffling and you look ahead at the calendar and you still have nine more marathons in nine <laughs> months. 
And, um, you know, I crossed that line and I took an Uber right to the airport and actually recorded a podcast for a podcast that Todd Nestaloni, my co-author from Kids Deserve It, and I used to have. And I get on the airplane and I'm flying home and I really just, I, I really just kind of reflect, you know, there are so many people that, that can't run, that their legs don't work or they're sick or they can't afford the entry fees to a marathon. And it really made me just kind of stop and get over the pity party that I had for myself and realize that tomorrow's a new day. Next month is a new marathon and I can prepare myself better both physically and mentally. And that, you know what, you can, you can tap out or you can stand up and you can suck it up and you can move forward. And that's, you know, that's really, that's really what I did. And I'm not going to say that the rest of my marathon year was absolutely perfect and was smooth sailing, but um, it's really, it was just really a good lesson in my life. Life is hard. Everybody has had their back against the wall at one point or the other. And it's all how you react when your back is against the wall. Oh, I love it. I love that you chose a running uh, story, which of course, you know, your book run like a pirate, but you and I ch chatted earlier and talking about how that book, your book actually had an impact on me and I made some changes a few months back and I've been running more, working my way up to try and get to that level of marathon running. But uh, that, that story you just told kind of hit home with me because on a smaller level, but last week I, I struggled with uh, a few different things with the kids being sick and my schedule just not not allowing me to stay with my my routine as I wanted, and I and I missed the day of running, or I had to get in late, and I didn't do well, and I didn't eat well the one day, and I was like Thursday, Friday, feeling just kind of, you know, for lack of a better word, crappy about myself. You know, our teams we we, we push each other uh, on this whole uh, um, health kick to try and get healthier and and work out and stuff. We hold each other accountable, and I've been kind of leading that, and I was not doing that the last two days of last week. But then I got out Saturday and. I, putting in a six and a half mile run late at night because I had to put it in later because of my schedule. And like I had sort of the same reflection and I love how you took it there is that some people can't run. Some people don't have the option to do that. Some people don't have the ability or the opportunity to do that. And it's such a cool way to reflect back on what you have and be grateful for it. So love that story. So let's, let's flip it around now. Let's talk about a success that you had. And this can be something big or something small, but tell us, tell us what happened. Why was it a success for you? And then what did you take away from that? Yeah, so I'm going to stick with the running theme because that's really what a lot of that's going on in my life right now. Uh, well, last year, at the end of my running year, I actually ran 13 marathons last year. I did my December marathon twice because I realized last June that my December marathon was going to be my 19th marathon of my life. And just I wanted an even number, to be honest. <laughs> I wanted to finish the year on an even number. So I ran that race backwards at 1 a.m. I went from the finish to the start, and then I turned around and ran the rest of the race with everybody else. So I got 20 marathons. But then two weeks later, I, I actually had the biggest challenge of my life. I, I ran a 24-hour race, which that's exactly what it sounds like. You run for 24 hours straight. No and, way. Yeah, it was on New Year's Eve. And it was in San Francisco at Chrissy Field, just just below at the base of the Golden Gate Bridge. And you run a mile loop for an entire day. And my goal was 100 miles. That was my goal. And at 8 a.m., I crossed the finish line, and I had run 100 miles. And my wife was there. And she said, honey, I'm so proud of you. Way to go. But we have a problem. This isn't a 100-mile race. This is a 24-hour race. <laughs> what are you going to do? And I said, 
oh man, like I need to keep going for another hour. And let me tell you, Jeff and Ray, I was tired. Like I was hungry. My body wanted to stop, but I didn't. I kept going for another hour and I ran 103 miles. And what I realized and what I realized was you draw a line in the sand and you cross it. And then you draw another line and you cross it. We are sitting on untapped reserves in a huge reservoir in our body, in our mind, in our heart that we just haven't even tapped into yet. You know, like I realized last year that this is not your, this is not my practice life. This is my life. And I want to live it to the complete fullest. And, you know, a lot of people want different outcomes for their set for themselves. But if you want a different outcome, you have to change the process. So last year with all my marathons and my 24 hour race, I really wanted to change the process. And let me tell you the outcome. I've just not become not just a stronger runner, but just mentally and physically. And just knowing that whatever I want to do, I can do it. And I believe for educators to do that for themselves is so important too, because when your students see you pushing yourself, if it's in class or if it's personal and you share those personal stories in class, they're in turn, they are going to push themselves as well. Because some of our students, as we know, have nobody in their life, in their personal life, to encourage them, to push them past what they think they can, uh, these arbitrary limits that we put on ourselves. People all the time say, oh, I want to run a marathon. I've done 15 half marathons, but I can never run a marathon. And that just drives me nuts because how do you know? Until you try, until you lace up your shoes or you try that new lesson in class and you you know, have courage and take a risk, how do you know? So just doing something that I never thought I would do or maybe could do and then you know, really persevering has really taught me that you can do simply whatever you want. You just have to want it bad enough to have the goal, write it down, tell people, and then just go make it happen. Hey everyone, while we take a quick break, I just want to share with you how much I appreciate hearing from all of you about how much you're enjoying our Teach Better Talk podcast. If you're listening right now on a cell phone, make sure you take a screenshot and share it with us on social media with hashtag Teach Better. Don't forget to tag Jeff and I because we absolutely want to be a part of your journey listening to Teach Better Talk. I think one thing I always enjoy about listening to you speak, whether it be seeing you at your keynote or um, even just listening to you now, all of your connections, whether it be to running or anything else in any of your books, have always been so relatable back to not only an educator's life in the classroom, but an educator's life as a whole. And I think that that's something that's really valuable. If you can come across anybody, if if people are connecting with other individuals that can come across as honest and real connections, I think that that is something that you don't find everywhere. And when you find those people, you really need to hang on to them. Uh, Even when you come across, even when people go on social media and they connect with um, educators from around the country, it's very interesting looking at their social media feeds or their stories because you want them to come across as real people that you can connect to and then be able to grow along their personal growth journey with them. And so that really gets me excited about education now is connecting with people that can really be their transparent selves and share their story and talk about their struggles, talk about their successes, and then really grow together. I think that's so powerful right now. Um, What is getting you excited about education these days? 
You know, so a few things, and I would say, you know, coding, I think coding is really like the most important thing that we can be doing in our schools right now, just across the board. There are so many connections to the real world. You know, people talk about college and career ready. I just love career ready because, you know, I mean, my own kids, they may not go to college just because they don't, may not have to, and just giving them the skills ready and coding, if it's coding, if it's, if it's robotics, just bringing them, bridging it across the curriculum. Uh, you know, we no longer should or have to be doing technology just during technology time twice a week for 45 minutes, you go to the computer lab every Thursday. Um, it's all the time. How can you really bridge the bridge that gap with, with what's going on in the world? Um, 3D printing is just, is to me, it has so many uses in the classroom, uh, just from science to social studies and just getting kids thinking and collaborating and failing. Both of those things, kids fail a lot. I was actually coding with my five-year-old just about an hour ago on code.org. And he turned to me, he said, dad, this is hard but I like it. It's like, he's like, it's like solving a puzzle and our kids need to have that failure in their life. And really those two things I feel push what I'm most excited about is giving our schools back to our kids. I really feel that like the adults have too much say and they have too much power and authority in our, in our schools. I really think that once we, once we can turn around and give the schools back to our kids with coding, with programming, with 3D printing, just with student engagement, uh, flexible seating, that all gives it back to the kids. You know, the teacher, teachers are important and they are more important than ever. They are just important in different ways. My dad taught second grade for 35 years and, you know, 35 years ago, the classroom looked a lot different. You were important back then, but you're important a lot differently now than you were 35 even 10 years ago. I mean, I left the classroom eight years ago. The Chromebook and the iPad had not even been invented yet. I, I mean, like the classroom, even then, like 10 years ago was a totally different place. So really just giving our kids, our schools back to our kids and giving them more flexibility, more autonomy. Um, and Ray, I have to give you a shout out. I am, I'm going to say I'm kind of like slightly obsessed with your Instagram um, <laughs> because your Instagram stories are constantly like your kids in class, with cardboard, with working, with problem solving. And I can tell, Ray, I've never been in your classroom. And again, I'm not just saying this because you're interviewing me on your podcast, but I can tell that your classroom is your is your community's classroom. Your classroom is not your classroom. And to me, that's the way that every single one of our classrooms should be. Because I can guarantee, Ray, that you have zero to like little behavior in your classroom because the kids don't have time to get in trouble because they're busy, because they're failing, because they're engaged, because they're learning, they're collaborating. And you're there just facilitating that learning process for them. So we need to give our schools back to our kids. And I believe our teachers need to be the facilitator in chief of the learning experience. Gosh, Adam, I so appreciate that. I need to step in and I just need to confirm for you, Adam, that everything you think about Ray's classroom is 100% accurate nice I mean, when you I mean, go to her classroom it is, it is it's phenomenal it's just awesome. it's so much fun to watch and see and she is exactly what you said she is facilitating learning all over the place um and and doing that so right i know ray's blushing like crazy right now but like I yeah guys podcast is over i'm having I, a heart attack in the corner i love to always give her the props when i can too because it really is a, a, a unique experience when they're and and i agree with you 100 that that's what every classroom should be looking like so mm -hmm. love it mm -hmm. good stuff
We're going to do it, guys. That's the dream. That's a dream. We're going to duplicate all the magic. Well, I guess my my next question leads really well into it. I love your phrasing of giving the schools back to the kids. The first time you said that, I was like, wow, that's exactly what I've been meaning to say and not said it that way. And so when it comes to leading teachers down that road, you know, whether it be advice for a new teacher, advice for a teacher that really held on to that idea and wants to now go out and do it, what's your advice for our teachers out there? looking to be progressive and innovative? Yeah, first and foremost, you need to get connected on social media and you need to find your people. If you are not connected on social media, and I would say Twitter, you know, everybody, if you're not on anything, you need to start on Twitter. You need to be like yesterday. I just don't know where you get your learning and your ideas and your information from if you're not connected. Uh, You know, the once a year conference is just not enough. I go to hundreds of schools across the country and I can walk onto a campus onto a school and tell if the school is on Twitter. You can walk into a classroom and tell if that teacher is on Twitter or Instagram or some other type of social media because you can tell that they're trying new things for their, for their, for their students. Um, I would say number two is don't work too long to make your career sustainable. I see too many workaholics and not enough hard workers. You know, we should be working smarter and not harder. It is not a badge of honor to be at work until six o'clock, 7 p.m. every night. It's not because you're going to burn out. You're going to leave the profession. I know people that get divorced, their their career costs them their marriage, and that is not okay. So we need to we need to collaborate more and um, and just work more more appro- appropriate hours. And I'm a really big believer in side hobbies and or side hustles. Um, you know, everybody needs a side hobby and a side hustle. You need to have a life outside of school. You know, when I was a principal, I left every day at four o'clock. At four o'clock, yes, there was those random days where I would be at school till four thirty or five, but every day at four o'clock because you know what, like I was making my career sustainable. I had a wife and I love her and I want to stay married and I want to see my kids and I want to be balanced. And I was also building my side hobby, my side hustle. I was blogging and speaking and, you know, building up to kids deserve it. So uh, I would say those three really, really simple things, um, I think really go a long way. And if you're not doing any of them right now, choose one, do it for two weeks and then choose another one and then do that for two weeks then choose the third one and do that for two weeks and then see how you can push them all together so you're a happier, healthier, more balanced teacher for yourself, for your colleagues, and for your students. You know, Jeff, I know you have an important question coming up, but I have to address that really quick. It's been something I've been working on, trying to find balance, which a lot of educators, I know you're listening to our podcast, I've mentioned this a ton, especially on my Instagram and Twitter. I'm trying to work on that balance. I love the idea, go try something for two weeks because I'm in the midst of it right now, but it's going to be so important for you to find that balance because what I'm finding is that I can accomplish the same amount Mm -hmm. that I was doing before, but I have gained an hour, two hours, three hours of my life to really commit to the areas that need it. So don't just say you can't do it because I don't know, you have a list of things going on. I promise you that we all have our lists, but there is so much value in finding that balance, even if it's you just trying something for two weeks to see if you love it. Here's the key. Here, here's the key. I'm going to give you the magic right now. Let's say you usually leave at six o'clock. Here's what you do for two weeks. You leave at five 45 and then in two weeks you leave at five 30 and then, and you know, then go on five 15, five o'clock until you get back to four 30, whatever you're comfortable with. Now you do that incrementally because what you're going to do, what's going to happen over time is you're going to stop doing those things 
that you didn't get to because you're going to really do the things that are important. And what you're going to realize is you were doing things that just had zero return on the investment of your time and being at school, but you need to stay true to it. You need to have an accountability partner in your building or a friend or like set 10 alarms on your phone. So you actually walk out at 545 because then, you know, you just, you got 15 minutes back of your life. Now you can go to yoga or you can go play with your cats or whatever you do, but you got to back it up because educators and just people in general, we do things that have no investment. We're not getting any return on that. Now, if that was money in the stock market, you would make sure you would make a change because you don't want to lose money. But our time is actually more valuable than money because every educator says, I don't have time. I don't have time. Time is the currency. So get some of that currency back in your bank for your life. So again, you are happier and you are healthier. Oh, that's golden. Ray, I'm going to pick on Ray for a second because I don't like the balance word. What is with picking on Ray day, okay? I'm going to pick on you just because I don't like balance because it's it's almost impossible to actually balance your work and, That's true. and life because, and because this, statistically speaking, you'll actually spend close to 70% of your life at work, so it's already imbalanced unless you're fortunate enough to not have to work full time. I think I, I always, wrote a blog about this. What I always try to push is to find the <laughs> harmony. You're not going to find balance. Find harmony because your work... And someone who's so passionate and so into their work, it's always going to be there. You don't go home from it. You don't ever leave it. You got to find the harmony so that things cross over and flow together the right way. And that and that doesn't take away anything that Adam said. That's that's how you find that harmony. Adam like wrapped it up in a bow for everyone right there. I just like it's just the 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 phrasing of it. I always like it's just find the harmony be, be, between it and and amongst the the two things that are that are running your your whole world. So. Hey Jeff, working yeah. with me is like harmony, right? You, it, it, it's 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 a dream come true every day. <laughs> it's I I don't know what I did to deserve it. Oh um, goodness, this is my favorite <laughs> question. Let's get going. I'm well, ready for on. this Before one. Before this, I want to I want to ask real quick. Just um, and I'm gonna challenge you a whole bunch here. Um, Adam, can you give us like the 30 to 45 second overview of both of your books? Sure. So kids so deserve. Yeah, Kids Deserve It is the first book. Wrote it with Todd Nestaloni. It's more than just a book. It's actually a ecosystem of people across the world, uh, across Twitter and Instagram. Check out the Kids Deserve It Twitter chat on Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Pacific time. And Kids Deserve It is not making excuses, pushing the boundaries, doing what you haven't been done, doing what hasn't been done, doing what you've always wanted to do because the kids deserve it. It's not about the adults. It's about the kids. Our schools exist for kids. Our schools do not exist so we can have jobs. Uh, Run Like a Pirate. It's a book about running, but it's not about running. It's about mindset. It's about having a goal, pushing yourself past those arbitrary limits that we put on ourselves. No, I can't. I'm too old. I'm too young. I don't have time, blah, 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 that nobody wants to hear. So um, it is about running, but it's my analogy. I use running as my vehicle to achieve my dreams and my goals. And whatever you do, you can do more of it. You have to go out and you have to make it happen for yourself. Boom. Boy, that was phenomenal. Um, and I'm going to, I'm going to not pick on Adam, but maybe make him blush for a second. For those of you listening, Run Like a Pirate is a book that I think said a lot of things to me that I've, I've read or heard in a lot of different ways before that did not get me the right way. And when I read it this summer, it, it changed a lot of stuff. I came home from vacation after reading it and changed everything about my, my routine. And it's, been phenomenal. I'm, I'm healthier than I have been since I was a high schooler. I, I'm losing weight and running and, and enjoying it. So it's a great book, but it's a great, like like Adam said, it's a mindset book. It really changes the way you look at things. So 
Thanks, big props bro. on that book. But Thanks. now, Mr. I've run 22 marathons. We're going to see how good you really are. <laughs> I'm going to throw six questions at you, and you have 15 seconds or less to answer each. Are you ready? Let's do it. All right. What is one EdTech tool you cannot live without? Evernote. I have been an Evernote fanatic for like 10 years. It just keeps my entire life organized. It's kind of like Google Drive Lite mm -hmm. across all your devices. I love it. Highly recommend it. What book are you reading right now? The Everything Store. It's about Jeff Bezos starting Amazon, and it's absolutely amazing. And again, don't, don't stifle yourself with perceived limits. Jeff did not, and look at what Amazon is now. Love it. Who do we need to follow on Twitter today? You know, my girl Alice Keeler is like one of my good friends, and she just is a prolific tweeter and put her outer of amazing content, not just for Google Classroom, which is she is known for, but just, you know, if you want the truth, you ask Alice a question, she's going to give you the truth, and uh, she's just absolutely amazing. Uh, best YouTube uh, channel for educators? You know, I'm going to choose a non-educational YouTube channel. I'm a huge fan of non-educational books and non-educational content in general for educators because it really gives us a glimpse into what's happening in the world so we can actually get our kids ready for careers. And the Inc. channel, Inc. Inc. Magazine's a great magazine, uh, Trends in Media and Technology, and they have a really, really great um, YouTube channel. I actually just tweeted out earlier a video about um, 3D printing and how 3D printing is just infiltrating so many areas of our life. So check out the Inc. YouTube channel. One daily, weekly, or monthly routine every teacher should get into. Get up just a little bit earlier. Get up 15 minutes earlier and just move and work out. You know, if you're not a runner, that's fine. Walk around the block. Do 15 burpees. Uh, just do something to get the blood flowing, but get up a little bit earlier. And you know what? People tell me, Adam, I don't know how to, I don't know how to get up early. I always hit my snooze button. Here, think about this. Let's say you have an early flight. You have a 7 a.m. flight, and you need to be up at 4 o'clock. When the alarm goes off, you wake up because you know that you can't miss mm -hmm. your flight. So get your mind to a place where you're gonna, you can't sleep in because you have to get up for your workout. Make your workout as important or more important than that flight that you need to catch to go to Mexico on spring break because that is something that happens every single day and it needs to be just as important as your vacation so you don't miss the flight. I love it. And what is the best piece of advice you have ever received? Don't take yourself too seriously. The work that we do in schools is very imp important work, but don't take yourself too seriously. Otherwise, it's going to put you in front of the work, and we are there to do the work for kids, not for ourselves. I think nailed it. What do you think, Ray? Yeah, I had my stopwatch going. He did pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> well, I might have the most in question of the most important question of the night. So I want to make sure that everybody that has started to hear your journey wants to learn more has a way to connect with you. So would you mind going through how people can connect with everything that you're doing? Yeah, you bet. So Twitter and Instagram is at Mr. Adam Welcome. Uh, my, my website's MrAdamWelcome.com. YouTube channel, Adam Welcome. Uh, you can email me at adamwelcome at gmail.com. Uh, Voxer, you know, if you want to get deep on a question, just send me a Voxer message, mradamwelcome.com. Uh, my books are Kids Deserve It and Run Like a Pirate. Currently writing another book as well now, too. It's basically Girls Deserve It, but not that title. Uh, I think there's a huge gap in girls just across so many sectors. Uh, there's a lot of books out there, but not the book that uh, that we're writing. I'm currently writing it with Lynn Cologne, who is an amazing educator um, in Virginia, who you should have on the podcast because she's legit. And then I'm working on a fourth kind of secret 
project that I'm not going to talk about just yet. You'll have to wait and see, y'all. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Love it. And uh, I want to give a shout out. You have a brand new podcast that uh, just came out today. Was today first episode? Yeah, uh, yesterday. Yeah. Yesterday uh, was. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing it with, uh, with my good buddy, super awesome guy. Um, alumni of the Teach Better Talk podcast, Ryan mm-hmm. Sheedy. I think he was episode four, I believe. Yeah. Um, creator and author of Be the One for Kids. And uh, it's the Ask Adam and Ryan show. You have questions, we have answers. Love it. And you know that you can get all the links and all the resources and everything that we talked about in this episode over at teachbetter.com, as well as those really important links for connecting with Adam um, and checking out everything he has going on. So make sure you head over to teachbetter.com for all of that. Be sure you hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any upcoming episodes. And if you can give us a rating and a review, we'd really, really appreciate that. Adam, truly, truly loved having you on, man. Really appreciate you taking some time, hanging out with us, having some fun, answering some questions, man. Thank you. Hey, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. And for both of you, for all that you do, I, I know how busy it is to work full time and have families and travel and then also to, to fit, fit time in for a podcast. So uh, kudos to you both. And uh, thanks for putting all the, all the goodness out there for people all over the country. Awesome. And until next time, let's get out there and let's teach better. 